Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good in this world. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And I'm very happy to say joining us is Belinda Palmer. How are you doing, Belinda? Hello, very glad to be here. You're very welcome. Belinda, you are an OBE, you're an author and activist for the expansion of women's involvement in the world of technology and for a new way for companies to talk to women in the technology sector. You are also the founder and CEO of the Empathy Business, an advocacy agency which embeds empathy into companies and it also publishes an annual global empathy index which claims a causal relationship between empathy and commercial performance. The agency also leads the Little Miss Geek campaign which aims to inspire women to follow careers oriented towards technology amazing uh was well known for your empathy was was there a specific moment that made you want to focus on promoting empathy well my last company lady geek which as you mentioned was all about women in tech and the problem when you talk about gender is that a lot of men particularly don't say much because they don't want to say the wrong thing Mm. and a lot of the women we worked with they didn't want to be part of anything that was female only Mm. so what we found was actually whereas diversity can sometimes shut a conversation down empathy can broaden it and empathy can create different conversations and change the conversation so I found empathy to be a much stronger route um, as a way to change cultures of an organization the other thing is that men want empathic cultures they Mm. want to come to work and find deep and fulfilling meaning why wouldn't they Mm. so empathy was a much bigger platform to really change the cultures of the organizations we work with and transform the way we work and uh, is there a is there a vision for an end goal for the empathy business I think what what does good look like so I think that's a great question I think in the same way about empathy you know the day you think you're empathic is the day you stop being empathic and the same with a company if you think you're empathic enough you no longer are trying to be empathic Mm -hmm. so for me there is no end goal there are one in ten people are engaged in their jobs only one in ten it's um, so low. I came across that stat the other day. It's, it's what, what, what transformation to productivity, if we could change that? Exactly. And also, we spend approximately 50 years of our lives at work. Yeah. So if you think about it, actually, that is more time than we spend with our families. Mm. So we have to make work deliver more meaning, make it more fulfilling. Mm. And that's what I want to do. That's what I'm doing with companies like Mediacom is really transforming the culture to give people more meaning, meaning and fulfillment at work. So what's, what's the biggest change we can all make right now to improve our empathy in the workplace? Well, often, People think about empathy in the workplace as about the individuals, and it is very important. So the leadership of a company is incredibly mm-hmm. important. If you take Sachin Nandela at Microsoft, mm-hmm. he has come into the organization approximately three years ago and said, right, empathy and empowerment mm-hmm. and a growth mindset is really key to Microsoft's future. Mm-hmm. Not only that, he's made some incredibly good strategic decisions um, about the cloud, which have translated into profits. So you do need the leadership team to get it, but actually the delivery has to come from the grassroots. 
And that's why at Mediacom we've got 30 empathy ambassadors now who deliver the change. So the inspiration has to come from the top, but the delivery of empathy has to come across the organisation. It cannot just be a couple of people who are designed to transform an agency. Mm. The other thing is a lot of people think the route to being more empathic and more productive, Mm. as you said, is training. And training has a role, Mm. but often, unless you have the fertile soil, any empathy intervention is not going to work. You need to change the system. And my job is to go into a company and look at the system. And by system, I mean the company culture. I mean the environment. I mean the style of meetings, Mm. the corporate politics, Mm. because that can actually kill empathy. So the first point is, how do we change the system? not how do we change one or two individuals who then could go back into the business, which is incredibly unempathic. Because we don't start off unempathic. We start off empathic and other things around us, other behaviours cause us to be be unempathic. We're wired for empathy. Can can I pick you up? Are we? Uh, Because toddlers, toddlers are notorious for, that's my toy. I'm not sure... Maybe I need you to define empathy for us because I think it's a word that gets misused, gets mixed up with sympathy, which is a different thing, right? Mm -hmm. So tell me, first of all, how we're wired for empathy and and then exactly what you mean by it. And then third question just as well, (laughs) who struggles with it the most? God, I don't know if I remember all those questions. So in terms of the definition of empathy, so in the company, I define it as the emotional impact the company has on its people, Mm -hmm. so us as staff, but also as customers, um, and society. So that's the kind of empathy within the context of the corporate world. And it's understanding your emotional impact as Mm -hmm. a company. Um, As an individual, yes, we are wired for empathy. We know that from studies that have been done with rats about how you can, um, how rats will show each other empathy but then how you can create um, environments that actually make rats less empathic so we do know that the issue with empathy is your IQ your IQ is pretty fixed by the time of 23 when your brain is fully formed your IQ is fixed but your EQ your emotional intelligence your empathy is malleable so whatever empathy you've got and some people are born with more and some people are born with less you can improve it in terms of who needs it most, I think we all do. I mean, I think I'm work in progress. You know, sometimes I show no empathy to my teenage son. <laughs> he would say most of the time. Um, I think we're all work in progress. Yeah. And I think... Who struggles with it the most, so do you think? That was the, that was, that I was think the question. So is st- there a type or is it... Statistically, on average, we know that women are more empathic than men. Right. But what we don't know, the research isn't clear, is whether it's to do with nature or nurture because we know yeah. with girls with autism it's picked up who have problems with social yeah, cues yeah. it's picked up much later mm-hmm. because as girls we are taught when we're very young to please others yeah so we don't know but so i think in terms of who struggles with it i think a lot of alpha men who are running our FTSE 500 um and the biggest companies in the world they struggle to show it but I don't think they necessarily don't have it and that goes back to my point about we need to change the system and it's the rules of work and the rules of work at the moment are rewarding people who are apparently rewarding people who don't show it is that is that what you mean yeah I think so if you think about the short-term pressures on any corporation you think about the way um the 
bosses are enumerated, yeah. how many empathy KPIs do you see? Not, not many. Not many. How much accountability is for how you treat other people? What kind of great leader mm. you are? How do you inspire the next generation yeah. of leaders? So it's, it's kind of a, a, a nice choice if you do it at the moment rather than a hard KPI because that will be about profitability to the shareholders. Absolutely. And, and I think it's change changing. That? I think it is changing. Right. I mean, to some extent, the self-enlightened people come to the empathy business because they're already... They're already enlightened, so they will come to us, yeah. and it's a sort of self-selective process. Um, but things are changing, and mm. when you've got leaders like Sachin Andela who have focused on empathy, increased the revenues of the company, yeah. you've got leaders here like Josh, yeah. um, Karen, yeah. who will really believe in this stuff. Yeah. It's these people that are changing the, and transforming the workplace, and they will show, because of the profits, that actually empathy is a tool to accelerate your vision. Yeah, and of course, I mean, the other point being, you know, it helps diversity, right? And what we do know is that diversity drives better decision making. So there's a that's the there's a causal. There's a there's a point where so I was thinking about this the other day where so my grandparents were getting their jobs after the war, right? And for them it was just about getting any job and holding on to any job. Yeah. And then my parents it was you had a job for life. So my dad still can't believe that it means you you jump around so much. Yeah. And then for this new generation, you've got so many options that there's not as much loyalty. You don't have to be in a company for so long, which means you can't be as alpha and dominated because people aren't scared to lose their jobs anymore. So you have to want, yeah. you have to have empathy and you have to build for the future because you have to build that, that leadership and trust. Is that part of it, do you think, that change in generation? I think it's a great point. And I think what we're seeing with millennials and I think the average age at Mediacom is 26, um, is that people sacrifice... Yeah. The younger generation, and I sound really old mm -hmm. saying this, um, but the younger generation will... For those of you who don't know her, Belinda is very, very... looks looks about 23 herself. Oh, gosh, thank you, Sue. <laughs> I will do a podcast with you every week from now on. I am available. Um, the thing is, they will, the, the younger generation, the millennials, they will sacrifice money for meaning. Yeah. And one of the surveys we did here at Mediacom, actually, was that we found that younger people here are three times more likely to want to feel comfortable telling their emotions to their boss than someone over the age of 40. Emotional recognition is really important. You know, a lot of companies, they get fixed on the transactional rewards, your pension. I mean, how many, I don't even think about my pension. I mean, you yeah. look the youngest, you're the youngest out of the three yeah. of us. So do you even think about your pension? Um, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sample of one. Never do a live. Never no. do a live. Never scene. ask a question you don't know the answer. I'm poor. Like yeah. I've got a 15 month okay. I'm poor. I'm right. Okay. <laughs> but I think the point is that um, you know pensions, pet, you know healthcare. Yeah. These things are not as relevant as purpose, meaning, and fulfilment. And the stuff that my children—I mean, my children are only kind of ten and eleven—but mm. when they go into the workplace, they're not going to put up with the crap that I put up with. Mm. You know, I remember once actually crying in a meeting and feeling so mm. much shame after. You mm. know, this was when I was in my early twenties. And I think, why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't people cry? Why shouldn't people say, this is not acceptable? Why pe shouldn't people show their vulnerability? It was Mental Health Week last week, yeah. as you know, and there was a wonderful panel here at Mediacom. Did you know? 
It was absolutely fantastic where you had three grown men showing their vulnerabilities mm. and that has to extend to the workplace. I can't be vulnerable and emotionally literate at home as a young man and then come into work and be an alpha cut male yeah. and cut it off because actually going back to your productivity question, if I have to cut yeah. off half my personality, are you getting the benefit? No, no, it's a, I think it's an awful lot of effort. So, so the energy yeah. that you could be putting into um, more positive growth things you're putting into covering up who you are and we don't want anybody at Mediacom to feel that they've got to do that when so. uh, you other hats is about women working in technology um, what's the biggest thing stopping women from working in technology these days well, I've actually got a new campaign, which is slightly different to mm -hmm. what I was doing, which was getting more women in technology, and it's called The Truth About Tech. Mm -hmm. And I'm campaigning um, against tech addiction. Mm -hmm. And this is about us really using technology too much. Um, the average adult, how, how many de times a day do you think the average adult now checks their phone? Oh, it's about, I don't 400 know or so, something ridiculous. 82 times. Oh, 82 times. <laughs> okay, I was, I was, I was, I was, Sue's obviously, for the record, Sue's obviously a geek here. We've got a geek here. But the more interesting statistic is that everyone underestimates their phone and technology usage by about 50%. So we have become a nation addicted to technology. It no longer we do not control technology it controls us mm -hmm. and I'm starting a new campaign which is against what I'm calling junk tech which is technology of low value you know when you scroll on Twitter and it's just this endless pool of drivel sometimes I'm contributing to that drivel yeah. um, but this <laughs> are, we are we all but it's about actually let's let's understand how these technology companies are manipulating Why isn't there us. an app called dribble <laughs> I don't know, but I'm sure there's someone in this building who yeah. could actually yeah. really make Very it well, yeah. as a result of this podcast. Um, so that's my new campaign, The Truth About Tech. I'm fighting against tech addiction and also video games addiction, which, um, you know, I have a son who yeah. is addicted it, it to must, video games. It must be, it's th that age group, it, it's an it's a issue, isn't it? It's I think for all of us, I think it's the biggest issue of our time, technology addiction. Just turn it mm. off. But it's very difficult, and I think we're going to look back at this and it was a bit like in the 50s if you went to your doctor and said you know I'm stressed your doctor would say have a cigarette go home and have a cigarette yeah. um, I think yeah. if we look at the smoking industry we look at the drinks industry and now the food industry what I'm campaigning for is that the technology industry puts addictiveness ratings on their products they're much more transparent about what they're doing and that's really what I'm campaigning yeah. for yeah so I completely failed to answer your question. Yes, no, no, but it's interesting. There was a wrap-up. There, but there's a long conversation to be, to be had about, you know, women in tech and whether it's, it, it's not necessarily entry-level that is the issue. It's, it's rising up through tech industries. And I just find it... I'm, I'm with Martha Lane Fox, who, who said that it's astonishing that an industry that's grown up in the last 30 years should be behaving like industries that are hundreds of years old. Um, in that respect absolutely and I think the issue of women in tech I think we would avoid some of the problems that we've got so if you take video games yeah. you know you've got men designing for men if you look at the five best selling video games in mm. April 2018 Grand Theft Auto yeah. Call of Duty so I think more women in the industry would help us create more games that we actually want to help society you know for all of these things you know whether it's empathy or resilience what is the society we want to create? I, I do know one teenage girl who said that she used to have a go at uh, 
uh, Call of Duty, her, her friend's Call of Duty, and, and she would just go around rescuing women. She was like, she didn't play it by the normal rules. She that, just that went and rescued them and put them somewhere safe. A war <laughs> game. It's a nicer. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's very specifically a war game. I don't play Call of Duty. I don't play online, um, okay. but I do play games, and I, I went through the teenage and playing it a lot. Yeah, and, did um, you? Yeah, yeah. And do you think where some will come out the other? Yes. Way? Yeah, yes. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Yes. And, and and there's that balance of the more you worry about it, the slower he'll be to come out the other end. Unfortunately, that's that's the issue. It's yeah. just the male issue. thing. Like the male thing is there's a lot more console online gamers, but you have a look at Candy Crush. Oh, oh yeah, no, there's a, women but Candy Crush play a lot of games. Monsters. Candy Crush no. is not... Um, the, the currency for Fortnite, which is what I was yeah. talking about this yeah. week, um, the currency for Fortnite is yeah. kills. It's kills, yeah. Are you, do you but play Fortnite? Ever? No, but I know it really well. And they, But then they're into into a debate of the type of video game rather than just video game uh, addiction, uh, right? True. And, and the issue about... And it's a bit weird not going to have time we have to get you back because yeah, yeah, we're not going to have time I'm coming I'm there, coming there is the issue about um, whether one of the reasons why there is such a rise in um, young women reporting instances of sexual harassment is is that those games and, and the availability of, of, of pornography or so, even soft porn on mobile phones isn't helping because it used to be that the only place you saw porn was um, in hedges in Parks because for yeah. some reason it, magazines used to get chucked away. Oh really? <laughs> well, I'll have to look closer now. at the hedging. No, well, in, uh, well, in my area. Well, no, the magazines are, are, are all out because you don't need to. It's all fun. Anyway, we should let's let's. We, let's, we've got a couple of issues that we could do a whole podcast, whole podcast on, on. I think. Yeah, there. Um, let's let's ra- let's wrap up and get to our our, our regular, regular questions just by yeah. saying what's next for you. So what's next for me is after transforming the workplace of MediaCom, which yeah. is already happening, thanks to the wonderful Empathy Ambassadors, um, is actually this campaign. I want to set up a tech addiction clinic in the UK. Um, I'd like to start doing some digital <coughs> resilience workshops in schools um, and continue the work that I'm doing. Brilliant. I, That's amazing. I love what I do. I was saying to someone this morning, we should, they should rent holiday parks with mobile phone um, block, signal blockers. Amazing. People will go there just to get away. Because, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, we need one questions. about tech addiction. Yeah, yeah, we need I'm a really podcast excited. about that. Uh, regular questions. What is your favourite lyric, if you have one? As in lyric. Song lyric. Song lyric. And, it could, and it, not it your all-time favourite, just kind of what springs to mind. It doesn't have to be clever. It can be whatever. Whatever makes you happy. Um, well, my daughter's favourite lyric at the moment, and I have terrible taste in music, so she's she's ten, is the one about the answer phone. What is it? I think. <laughs> I'm totally useless on these questions. It's like, oh, you know that? It's, I'm not going to sing it. Oh, I'm no. not going to no, sing it on this podcast, but it's it. about the answer phone on my answer phone or something like that. I can quickly Google it because yeah, you yeah. see I, I didn't prepare. Well, the, the, this, there's this, a Day Last Soul song which... It's called Ring Ring Ha Hey, but I don't no, think no, that's it. No, no, she's not cool enough. Oh, it's, she's, yeah, is no. it, it's, not, it's not the Drake, and it's not the Drake. It probably is the Drake <laughs> one. Uh, it, it, it probably oh, is the Drake, the Drake one. I've been talking to you on my answer phone, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, 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 that's my favourite lyric. <laughs> so do you want me to do that question again? Are you no, 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 that's fine. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> oh, um, okay, my favourite question, which is, if you were a genie, uh, Blinda, and you know, I can see that I might want to do this. What five commonly available objects, so I need to be able to get hold of them, would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you? Well, it would used to be my mobile phone, but given that I'm campaigning yes, for technology addiction, it's not, not, not going to no. be that. Um, 
It would need to be my bicycle because okay. I love to cycle. A bicycle. A bicycle. A bicycle. A bicycle. Yeah. Um, Any particular type of bike? A road bike or a, like a just a good bike a good bike I would like um, my boxing gloves okay because I'm going through a divorce and so instead of therapy I'm doing boot camp oh, and cool. boxing which is really helping yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so boxing gloves bike and boxing gloves good yeah. um, I would can I put food in there yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I can put food in there food drink well it would have to be a really good bottle of Malbec mm. okay because I do love red wine. Cool. Um, and I think I would need to write and do mind maps. So I'd like to think. So I'd need a pen and some paper. That's fine. That's five. That's cool. perfect. Perfect. Thank you very so much. So there's been a disaster. Everything that's alive in your house is out. They're safe. But you can go in and get three things. What would they be? My son. No, no, he said they're safe. So everything, every, all living beings, <laughs> be quite pets harsh. included, is, quite everyone's harsh. safe. No, my pets can stay. Every, no, no, every, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Everyone's safe. Just kidding. <laughs> before <laughs> all the animal people, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. they come after it, me. No, we're, we're I, after I have two cats and I love two cats right. for the no, record. No, the, the, cat, the cats the are fine. The children are fine. It's specific objects. So it might be a painting or jewellery or a book that's special to you that someone's written, signed or something like that. I'm not actually into m many things, okay. so for me, it would probably be my duvet because I have the best duvet. Okay, it, it is so what comfortable. Is, is there a, a specific? Is there do you know a what it is? It's, it's a John a Lewis. It's a John Lewis half goose, half normal duvet, and it is. You can have your duvet. Yeah, it's the comfiest thing ever. And if I go travelling, if I'm travelling, I just love coming back to my bed. To your duvet. <laughs> okay. Um, also, I would need Alexa. Okay, so I'm. I do still. Yeah, you're yeah. the Amazon. Okay. Yeah, I lo I love my Alexa, and. Um, what do you use it for apart from Spotify? Well, I mean, it's a music. good question. It is basically a glorified speaker. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I get where you're going with yeah. that. However, I'd like Alexa in the house to say, Alexa, there is some comfort in just you know. Have you never know the to? answers of the questions. Right. Okay. You just like chatting. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I really sound quite yeah. sad there, but I, <laughs> so no, I, get that. I said to her because my daughter's not feeling well. And I said, Alexa, you know, if you've if you've been vomiting, should you eat a banana? Because I wasn't sure for my daughter. She didn't know the answer. No. I mean, she really is not that dry smart. toast is what I'd recommend. But, okay, but banana's yeah. fine. Is banana yeah, fine? But okay, dry right. toast. Getting medical advice a, on this podcast. Maybe a digestive well. biscuit. Okay, all right, brilliant. One um, more duvet. Duvet, Alexa, Alexa. and. Clothes you like? Oh, I have, you I have like. when I do a speech. I have um, a really a dress that I do like. Oh, it's describe it on. It is well. Every time I do a speech, I kind of <laughs> wear it. So you just need to Google it. But essentially, it's a a navy top and an orange bottom. Oh, lovely! And it's a yeah, it's the one expensive dress I bought. Is it a I designer label? It is a Victoria Beckham dress. Oh, it's my oh, only one. Oh, it's my only one. Victoria. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've. I like the cut. I, I've just heard a story about Victoria Beckham, but I will tell you off air. <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. Okay. okay. That sounds exciting. Um, uh, books. Now, you are a published author. 
but I'm going to ask you anyway. You can you can certainly talk about your book. But um, which book have you given away the most, or what's your favourite book? Well, I'm reading Mind Change by Susan Greenfield at, oh, yeah. at the moment. Yesterday I interviewed her. So she's a neuroscientist who specialises in tech addiction. And what's really interesting is one of her key points is about how we, as a group, we don't teach our children to understand our brains. And her whole no. thing is yeah. actually, you know, understanding our brains using mm. neuroscience to make decisions and feeling empowered mm. so that um, you know we understand what's going what's on what's going on if you could change the industry in one way right now what would it be which industry I mean well we, it could be your industry I don't know how, what, what, how I'd change the workplace in. yeah so if there's one thing I could change it would be to bring more empathy into the workplace yeah. of course and now I'm going to give you a billboard um, you can put it anywhere you like but there's just one of them where would you put it and what would it say I would put it in Trump Towers and it would say hashtag choose empathy. Brilliant. And the final question which you can't prepare for is... I've not prepared for any of them, just for the record. (laughs) Just just for the record, Andrew, forgot to press send. (laughs) Well, it was good because otherwise I I may have given more control. You were very spontaneous, so that's lovely. Uh, We've got these questions which are from Alan de Botton School of Life, which are 100 questions for your career. So if you could pick one at random and answer it, read it out and answer it, please. If you were tasked with making an advert for your skills, what would you emphasise? I think it would be determination and tenaciousness. Brilliant. Very good. Thank you very much. Linda, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye.